Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. Well, for this message today, how um, for everybody, what a... Oh, here. No, it's working. I got the... Yeah, I just... Oh, oh got to switch that back. You can't see my slides yet. I want to get... Father God, we just lift this message up for you today. Thank you for this time. Thank you for each person here, just for ears to hear, and for you to speak to each person, Father, just for super, um, just for some wisdom for each person that you will speak to their hearts about this message, that you will grace them with uh, just a special blessing um, as we begin the week, um, and just for each person, and just what a blessing each person is for this corporate body, and we're just so thank you, just thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, you know, I'm about, whenever I study the word, this is, everybody get your Bibles. This is, sometimes this is what I like to do. This is just part of honoring the word. If you guys have your phone, if it's on your Bible, if your phone is your Bible, um, I just want to, um, I just like to declare about, this is, so this is my Bible. God's word. When I read it, when I read it, when I read it, and respond to what it says, and respond to what it says, it changes my life. It changes my life. All right, amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. So, yeah, my message is about thank you, Jesus. And it, it's interesting because as we were, you know, the prophetic words that were released in the worship today, it definitely ties in, but in ways maybe some people don't see, but that from my perspective, what he was speaking to me about when I came up with this message is, thank you, Jesus. It's been a long 2020 for some of us. It's been a long time. It's been a long year. And I say that as somebody who's been, I've been working at home since March. Never thought a year ago I would be working at home for nine, ten months. And I'm just thankful I have a job. I mean, I'm so thankful. I mean, and I think one of the things that he's told me is, oh, what happened? What am I doing it? The, okay, now I'm doing it the right. All right, here you go. And he said, so I said, thank you, Jesus. And he said, you're welcome. <laughs> because that's what he does. He's with us. He's like, I just love this picture. I'm sorry, I just laughed when I saw it. There was another one that said, that's what I always do. But I'm thinking, sometimes I think we question that. When we're in the middle of, particularly as some tough season some of us are in right now, how um, we forget that he is always with us. And we just need to seek him. And if you seek him, you will find him. So, you know, today's message is about being thankful. And who, who more than to be thankful for Jesus? And I, I just love the, just that picture. I've seen it on Facebook, and I just, I just love, I just love this. It got me to laugh. So I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, some of the things that we're dealing with right now are, are very challenging, 
And one of the things we need to do is rise up. We need to rise up. As people of faith, we are called to rise above our circumstances. We are called to rise above our circumstances. But how do we rise above our circumstances when we are challenged and pressed on all sides? That's really what I feel like this last year has been. And it's, it's, it's a situation where I think each of us are in different seasons and different situations. But that doesn't mean we're not all pressed. Um, we're not, ooh, that's a, I, that was for somebody about oppressed. Some of us are being oppressed in situations in our lives. And that's, remember about your words and what you say and what you declare. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But I had a word, rise up, Shekinah, rise up. Rise up, Shekinah, rise up. This is for the corporate body, for us. We're to rise up into that third heaven that Stephanie's talked about, how to rise up and go up higher when we're being challenged by a, and it's a spirit, it's not a person. This is where we've been really challenged. And he was speaking to me about my words, about specific people I serve in government under. And it's been a very challenging year. And, and one of the things I shared during our dream team meeting was what I'm thankful for about the freedoms that we have in our country. I'm so thankful for the freedoms. Um, I was really praying for our military over the weekend, particularly I just I'm so thankful for them, but most of all, I'm thankful for their families. You know, because it's, and, and, I, and I'm so thankful for our men and women that serve us, but I'm equally thankful for the people that are back home supporting them because that's a tough job. And Lyra, I mean, I know you were a mom um, when you were in the military, and I'm just so thank, thankful for all you did for our country and for all of us that serve. And I don't know if anybody else has served here. Um, but I just get the, I get the feeling that sometimes um, people don't realize how important our fam the families are to supporting that mission, because it's a mission. And I just feel like we're, as a corporate body, we're, you know, we're, we're a Delta force here sometimes. I mean, really, we are, Stephanie, I'm just saying. And he was telling me about the importance of rising up, because when we're in the midst of those situations, we're, we're feeling pressed and we want to react. And I'm going to say I've been one of those that's really struggled. I really feel it. And it <laughs> isn't easy. And I've been challenged. And he's continuing me to challenge me to go higher, particularly as I, I, as I hear things and I witness things in situations that I need to pray into to shift it. Because we're at a season where it's so important. I mean, we're in a very serious season right now. And I'm not saying that to get people scared. But I think we are in a serious season. And, but I was praying for our military because anytime there's a transition in leadership, people wonder what's it going to be like when the new president comes in, whoever it is. And this isn't about politics. But as somebody who works in the civilian government, I can relate to that when there's a shift in who's running the state. I feel that. But ultimately, we know God is running things. But this is where I've, I've, I've struggled. It's like, because I'm, well, what about this? What about that? And it's like, but God, but God, but God. Um, so I think the, one of the main scriptures I wanted to teach on today is 1 Thessalonians um, 5, 15 to 18. And if you guys want to go to that, um, make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 
So I'm going to kind of break this, this scripture down, but I'm going to read it again. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. So that means all of us. We're not to pay back wrong for wrong. But we always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And this is the NIV version. So, and this isn't about works, about striving and about works. This is really truly is about making sure that you're lovingly um, speaking to people or that your, your, your words are godly words. Also, you're rejoicing always, which means not sometimes, always, no matter what the circumstances are, always. And praying continually. That means all the time. Praying continually. And then in verse 18, giving thanks in all circumstances. Not just some, but all circumstances giving thanks. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and I really think the scripture lays out truly what we're called to do. How are we called to respond to the challenges that come our way? Because in this world, we will have trouble. Not if we have trouble, but when we will have trouble and how we should respond. So, number one, we don't pay back wrong for wrong. Okay, I have to admit that took me a while and there is sometimes I'm challenged. I liked, um, especially if there's injustices, there's people close to me that maybe they're getting treated unfairly or some, there's just situations, that, and particularly I'm a social justice person at heart. I just really care about people. And when you see things going on that aren't right, it's like, well, I just want to put a stop to it, Lord. And sometimes I like to get my hand there and kind of drive the car. It's like, nope, that's his job. So when we pay back wrong for wrong, we're actually, we're actually doing stepping into God, not trusting him. We are being the, the, what I would call the judge, jury, and executioner. In some cases, I'm saying, and this is a word, because sometimes we really, really get so angry about situations. And I think we're at a time in our country, people are hurting. There's a lot of um, mental health challenges. People have been so, and this whole staying in, and this whole situation, you can't be around this people and that people. I do, that bothers me. I want to be able to see my parents, but some people, um, they don't want that whole social distancing thing. And I, I understand, this is, I want to be clear who's listening. I understand and respect and, and totally understand about why we need to make sure we keep distances and making sure we're not around people if we're sick and washing our hands and so forth and so on. But then there's another thing too that it really has led to the people that need hugs for instance that physical contact i was on a call and on a call on friday with a, the network i work with and i started sharing my heart about some of my challenges about the isolation and how it's been for me being a physical contact person how it's really been hard and i started crying and i'm thinking oh you're getting at something here lord because sometimes we don't realize but what that hug can do for people how it can keep somebody from taking their own life um, how and that's not that's not my situation so I just want to make sure that that's out there but you've seen the the increase in suicides in our country and maybe that's why I was praying for the military because they already have a tough job anyway in our law enforcement too but I think at the end of the day the the whole being shut in and staying in and not being out with people it can be very oppressive and I think we need to be really careful about 
making sure we're, we're just to stay in contact with people. Don't isolate. Uh, that's a word for me. Um, but um, I, just I just want to encourage each of you, though, that it, uh, going back to the thing about not doing wrong for wrong, again, that really is about doing God's work. It's up to God about the judge, jury, and executioner. Um, but how if, again, we will have trouble in this world. We will have trouble. And how are we going to respond to that trouble? You know, how are we going to respond to it? So breaking, um, you know, breaking this down, um, really, in First Thessalonians 5.15, make sure, as I mentioned earlier, that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do good, what is good for each other and for everyone else. You know, about forgiveness. We are called to forgive and do good to others, not to retaliate. And I'm not talking, like I said, about works either, but doing good is something that we do without expecting anything in return. There is no false responsibility, but truly about doing what's right for others. Sometimes the flesh wants to rise up, like I mentioned earlier, and we want to take matters under our own hands. You know, think about in, in Luke 23, 34, you know, Jesus was on the cross and he was saying, Father, forgive them for they knew not what they do or they know not what they are doing. And they divided his clothes by casting lots. And here the Roman soldiers were casting lots for his clothes and they were crucifying. And here he's, you know, asking the Father to forgive them on the cross. If he can do that, why can't we? Think about that. Think about that, about the persecution that he went through. Um, we are called to do the same, for the battle is the Lord's. Jesus forgave the Roman soldiers as they crucified him and cast lots for his clothes. Yeah. Forgiveness versus retaliation. Um, in Colossians, uh, it talks about in um, chapter 3, verses 12 to 13, Therefore, as God's chosen people, which that's us, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any one of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. Again, we are not to re, um, retaliate against those who hurt us or those maybe somebody we love. And again, this has been something that Holy Spirit's been having to teach me um, because as I've worked at home, it's interesting how when I'm on computers, our computer watching people, I pray for people now more than ever. And I think, um, I really think that this is something we need to do more of in our state. We're in a very serious time in our state. Um, I just really think, and God convicted me about some of the words I've released against specific people that I work in and where I work at. And I'm just here to say that, you know, God forgives you, but it's important to acknowledge some of the struggle that you're having so you can bring it into the light. You know, light extinguishes the darkness. Again, we're not to be the judge, jury, and executioner. That's God's job. And we are to forgive others. That's the bottom line. But I just loved, you know, this verse in Colossians. Because, therefore, we are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. Clothe yourself with compassion. That means wear your compassion. Carry it with you. Carry kindness. Carry humility and gentleness and patience. I think we need to see more of that right now. I see people, they're so frustrated and angry. I watch people and I'm driving my car, and I'm like, I'm not a horn honker. 
Um, unlike I know some people are, but I'm not. I'm not a horn honker. I'll be honest because I, I have a sense that people carry, and I just think, okay, Lord, I don't want to be shot, so I'm not going to. I mean, that's how he speaks to me, and that's one of the reasons why I don't honk my horn. I don't know why if he speaks to you like that, but at the end of the day, I just pray for people. I just, Lord, I guess I wasn't supposed to get across that light before it turned red, so I just take my time. I don't know if it's because I'm in the, I'm in the, in the stage of my life where I'm just not rushing around, but it's just interesting. I'm thinking, Lord, because when he would speak to me about somebody sitting in a car that I don't know what's going on, so I just start to pray for them. I said, okay, Lord, I'm not going to honk the horn, but I'm late. Let's get, come on, get up moving. He's like, you need pray for that person. So that's how he's been speaking to me more lately. And about, um, it's just I think we're in a season again with, you know, people are distracted. They're, uh, they're pressed on all sides. Financial challenges, people are losing their jobs. People are in the hospital. We have family members. I had a family member that, you know, they're not in the hospital, but somebody close to them was, and they were way too young to be in the hospital. And... I think at the end of the day, it's been an eye-opener for her to see, you know, this is real life, and, you know, these are serious situations. So we need to really, honestly, get right with God if there are things in our life that we need to get right with him. It's a time to do it. You know, and I think um, one, of the, one of the scriptures he was speaking to me about was, um, let's kind of go on to Romans. In Romans 12, um, 14 and 17, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse. Okay, which means bless and do not, bless those who persecute you. Have you ever struggled with blessing somebody who basically is targeting you? Yep. And do not curse, bless and do not curse. This is where he's been speaking to me about. We need to be careful about the words we're releasing. Even encouraging words. I want to, and I, I, this is, is because I flow prophetically, this is really, he's really been checking me. Is this truly what you're hearing from me, Laura, or is this because that's what you want for that person? And I think that, and I'm very compassionate. I care about people. I want to encourage people and equip them. I want them to be okay. And so he's telling me, I think you better not say that because that, that's not from me. That's from your heart. That's what you want for that person. So I just want to encourage you prophetically. It's really when you pray through things, and, and I'm so glad that we have this open mic. Um, and I'm not going to say that, okay, I make mistakes. We all do, and it's human. That's how we learn. But I think at the end of the day, what we release over people is very important. I think particularly for people that are really looking for guidance on specific situations in their life, you know, marriage partners, having babies, a home, specific, very important things that um, I'm just very careful about what I release. I just, because number one, I don't want to draw them to me. I want to draw them to God because that really is what prophetic ministry is about from my perspective. Some of the things that he's taught me, encouraging, edifying, equipping. There is a time for corrective words, but it should always be done in love. But it's to draw the person to God to hear from him not from us. And I know some, and I think one of the things I've learned is I'm not one who likes to get up here. I don't like to be up for, I don't, this is just me. And this is where Stephanie pushes me. I'm like, I don't know, but yeah, I know, I get it. But again, releasing our words, um, and they could be encouraging words because you want to encourage the person. But at the end of the day, just, I just want to encourage you, if maybe not write a, release a prophetic word, but write a note, just write an encouraging a note for somebody. Tell them we're praying for them and how much we love you. And 
bring them a meal or just encourage them. But on the, the flip side is that sometimes those people that you have, are really challenged by, and sometimes you're, you may release, release some not very nice words. Okay, I've, I've had that happen. I'm, so we don't want to curse. We're not to curse. And he says specifically, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Also in verse 17, a few verses down, do not, again, do not repay anyone evil for evil. Oh, I think we just saw that. Didn't we just see that in 1 Thessalonians? Do not, and do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. You know, and I, st I studied this last part, and I thought, because I think at the end of the day, I am thinking, Lord, it's not about going along and doing what's best so we all get along, because I think what this verse was talking about really was about unity and why, and particularly when we have decisions to make, like, for instance, this purchasing of the land, the building, we need to be in unity about it. We want to hear from people. Little Carrington, I mean, if she has a word, I want to hear it about the building because I think at the end of the day, um, there is no Holy Spirit, Junior. We can hear from all people. And I think sometimes we get so busy doing the work of the church that we miss things. Um, and so he's been, you know, sharing that, you know, speaking to me about that. Um, again, bless those. Who, um, and sometimes... Sometimes the blessing could be getting somebody a gift. I've done that before. And I think, Stephanie, you taught me this when it was a challenging situation I had in a previous congregation. Well, you, and, and I thought, well, I never thought about that. That's really good. She wanted to bless them and about giving them a gift to encourage them. Thinking, well, that's really good. And, it, and I, I really, it really, it was, and that was the Father's heart for that. I mean, he wanted me to do that. So thank you for that because I had never done that before. And that was one thing when I got to know you and served, you know, and, and was serving in jail ministry and doing some of the things that we did at, at our previous congregation that I had no, nobody had ever talked to me about that, but it's so, and it is biblical. And it's, it's like, hmm. And I think that's probably something he wants me to do about work. So I just want to share that with you. <laughs> but, you know, for some, maybe writing an encouraging uh, note to somebody that, you've been really challenged by because you don't know what's happening on the other end, what they're going through. Maybe there's a family situation going on. Maybe they're having a health challenge or we just don't know what's happening behind the scenes. But at the end of the day, um, God, God wants us, our word should be blessing and encouraging and edifying. So just be, and it is for, you know, for forgiveness. I love this. Forgiveness is freedom and it really is for our freedom it's not for theirs it's for ours because God does not want us to hold grudges he does not want us to retaliate when we forgive others it releases us from the responsibility we have been trying to carry when it isn't ours to carry like like for instance like a runner you know having these ankle weights you're carrying around I know when I when I used to do that I had ankle weights just to build on my legs you know make them stronger Sometimes we carry things around that we shouldn't, and, and it's because of things from our past. And I'm, as this is what he spoke to me about. Once you have that release, when you give that to God, take it to the cross, you'll just feel lighter. There's just a, there's a freedom with that. Um, forgiveness is freedom. And I just want to encourage you, if you guys, if you could decree, I just feel like there's a declaration with this. If you could say with me, forgiveness is freedom. Forgiveness is 
freedom. Forgiveness is freedom. One more time. Forgiveness is freedom. Thank you. And I want to encourage you today, if there's something that you're carrying that you need to forgive for, take it to the cross. I just want to encourage you because um, I think it's important, particularly, um, I think now, particularly in the situation we're in in our country, I mean, we're kind of in close quarters. I'm thinking family situations we're in. I know I'm thinking of mine personally now, but each of you maybe has a situation. If you feel God's, if God's been speaking to your heart about doing something, I, he's been speaking to you for a reason. I want to encourage you, you know, if it means writing a note, it's okay. Pick up the phone call. If the person has passed, you can still write a note. And, I th and there's nothing wrong with that. I've done that. Um, with people. I've pulled out pictures and prayed, and I have pictures that I carry around sometimes with me, but that's between you and God, but I want to encourage you, if there's something that you need to forgive for, I want to encourage you to do it, because you will feel so much better, and not, I'm not talking about the necessarily the physical, but the spiritual. There's a release to that, and that does help to that, to that next level that he has taken you to. I just want to encourage you with that. Um, amen. So, all right. And so verse 16, rejoice always. Not sometimes, we rejoice always. Um, in Philippians 4, 4, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. When we rejoice and celebrate despite our circumstances, there's something that happens in the atmosphere around us. We break through and the joy is just released into the atmosphere. And I'm going to say is, it is. I mean, we have fits of laughter here sometimes. I admit it. I'm not one that laughs, but when I start laughing, and you guys know, and you see me fall out in the chair, and I'm like, yeah, this just doesn't usually happen. I'm not a laugher, but it feels so good. And I think at the end of the day, there's some, God wants us to laugh. We have to in situations. And I'm not going to say that everything is funny right now, but there's something about laughter. I admit, I get funny pictures sent to me. And some of you have probably seen him on Facebook. Some of I take off because he convicts me because I'm, I'm probably making fun of somebody and then I have to take him down. But it was, it's kind of, at the end of the day, it, it just it makes me realize that, yeah, sometimes we take life too seriously. And I'm, very, I'm a serious person. I have been like that since I was probably 10 years old. And that's just how I'm wired, I guess. But I think the more I laugh and have fun and, have silly, watch silly movies and watch Wonder Woman. I can't wait to Wonder Woman. And I want to do the one. I don't care if the movie theaters are open. We're going to watch Wonder Woman. We'll figure out a way. And I'll drive to Ohio. I want to see Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's coming, and I want to see Wonder Woman. Um, but again, we're to rejoice always, not sometimes, always, in spite of our circumstances. You know, think about the Israelites you know, those 40 years they wandered. I'm thinking, do you think they rejoiced the whole time? You know, their shoes never wear out. They had their manna every day. I mean, think about it. You know, the woman, you know, every every month they had their time and they had to be separate. <laughs> separate. And, you know, the kids probably fought. At the end of the day, I'm thinking, Lord, how did they rejoice? But they did. They, you know, but what was interesting, the old generation died off. I don't, I, I just... That's interesting. The old way of thinking, you know, because Caleb and Joshua were the ones that led the promised land, the people into the promised land. But that old generation died off, the old mindsets, the old ways. And I think at the end of the day, 
um, I just love being around the, the younger generation because it's just so different. I'm Part of it's, maybe it's because I don't have kids. You know, I never had physical kids, and I'm in a place for people my age and older. It's just interesting, and when you get around younger people, you feel younger. I do. I just say it, you know, on wings of eagles. I know I'm going to, as Stephanie said, we're going to live to 200 or 110. Or, um, But I think at the end of the day, we are to rejoice always, always. We are to always rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, and we'll say it again, rejoice. In spite of our circumstances, rejoice, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And Nehemiah. And I think at the end of the day, sometimes we forget that. Um, I do. I get very serious. Um, we're dealing with a serious situation in our country. And um, I think sometimes because of that, and because I flow prophetically and he, I get dreams and I see things, but sometimes he's showing us something to pray so that doesn't happen. And I have to remember that because I know I've shared some things with Stephanie. What about this, that? She's like, what about it? And I'm like, ah. it's like, she's right, Lord, but why do you show me these things? Why? And I'm thinking it's to pray, to pray into it so it doesn't happen. And I think that's what I, what about Shekinah, you know, the, the New Testament, the, the new to the way we flow prophetically for the New Testament versus the Old Testament. We are about the equipping, edifying, encouraging, but also we, we, he will show us something to pray the opposite. We're, we're not to prophesy the problem, we're to prophesy the solution to that. And so just be encouraged because um, my message wasn't necessarily about prophecy, but you can see, I think, all the pro prophecies about what, what was going to happen November 3rd, you know, who is going to win. I think at the end of the day, I think we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven because I think people heard exactly what they heard. And I think there's things happening behind the scenes that we, we don't know anything about, but I just want to encourage people to continue to pray. Pray for our country. Pray for both President Trump and President-elect Biden. I really feel like we, regardless, we need to be praying for everybody, not some people, not the red or the blue or the city or the country. We pray for everybody because this is our country, and if we don't pray for our country, we're not going to be a praying country. We're going to lose our... We're going to lose, and I'm not going to say this, I won't release this, but I, I just think we're at such a critical time because some people want to give up. And I think it's the discouragement can set in, and I see it. I know it tries to get on me every day. I'm like, Lord, I'm just, I want to just do this and just pull the covers over my head, and I want to sleep in. It's like, why do you have me get up so early? Even when I want to sleep in, he always, and it's like, okay, that's how I am, but I just think it's really important. I, I don't get into the, the political stuff. That's because, of honestly, it's because, number one, where I work at. But number two, that's not God's best for us. We're to be praying for people. We're not about the, the donkey or the elephant. We're about the lamb. Um, and we are to rejoice. Um, so that's, that's what I will say about that. But I just think at the end of the day, I, I think truly the prophetic voices did hear. I really believe they did but it's between them and the Lord exactly what was said. Um, but I think at the end of the day, though, they did hear. And I think as people of faith, we need to be praying for them. I think um, I'm reminded as we go on to um, in this, in Nehemiah, the people of faith rejoice. In Nehemiah 8.10, 
Nehemiah said, go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks and send some to those who have nothing prepared. This day is holy to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. I say, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. What does it mean in our, to our spirit when we rejoice? And I talked about this. You know, Nehemiah was celebrating with the people. They had finished building the law. And he was telling them to bring all the, the food and the choice, sweet drinks and food and everything so they can um, and send some to those that have, nothing that have nothing prepared to send to give them food too, being thankful, you know, giving things for them. Remember this, when we feel the spirit of depression, discouragement trying to get on us, you're going, we got to push against that. Do the opposite of what your flesh wants. We have to move against that opposite spirit. That's something that I've, I, I have to admit sometimes I just don't do that. And I think at the end of the day, though, he's pushing me in that area more because, okay, I get, the older you get, kind of the more set in your ways sometimes you can get. So you can <laughs> you just laugh. I know, Stephanie. <laughs> but at the end of the day, though, he, he shows us things. So, again, we can pray against that, push out against that because there's something coming against you because the enemy's trying to stop you from releasing something or doing something. He may give you a dream. I mean, he may give you a word for somebody at work to share, and sometimes you maybe aren't to share it. Maybe you're to pray about it, and maybe he'll open the door for you to share it, or maybe he won't. Maybe he's wanting you to pray for them for whatever that dream was about. Um, but again, though, um, the joy of the Lord is our strength. There's a strength from that rejoicing and that joy in our inner man. There's something that comes from that. There's something that's released from that. Um, and I love this, this picture here, this next picture I want to, I love this. Um, I love this image as it shows people celebrating, um, encouraging who have made it. There's two people at the top of the mountain, and there are two others helping a third person up the mountain. It demonstrates the importance of unity and encouragement in the midst of a steep climb for the one who is still climbing the mountain. I felt like this was a prophetic picture of our corporate body. For each of us, maybe in our different places, but we will go far when we go together. And as you know, that my favorite saying, and it's on the Shekinah website, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And I don't feel like it's an accident. There are five people on that, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then this other one here, um, this one about rejoicing. I love that, too. I'm reminded of how the three, the three wise men rejoiced when they saw the star and knew the Savior was born in Bethlehem. Also, David rejoicing when the ark was returned to Jerusalem. He was even dancing in his underclothes. I just love that. And I won't forget, I just, really, I just remember, I just, yeah, I won't forget that. Again, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Like the five people in this picture, we are reminded of the importance of unity and the strength is from a group prayer that we are never alone in prayer. God is always with us, and others are with us too, if we will let them know. This has been a difficult season in our world over the last eight, nine months, and I'm here to tell you that God loves you, and so do I, and you are never alone. We're here to rejoice with each other. And I just, I like the fact, because they're linking hands, and they're together, and they're in different positions. I just feel like it's, it's a prophetic sign. You know, I'm a visual person. Um, so I want to move on to my next. Okay. So I'm continuing with 1 Thessalonians. People of God pray. 1 Thessalonians 5.17. 
They pray continually. Not sometimes, they pray continually. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. People of God pray continuously at all times regardless of their circumstances. I have to admit, I know I get up early, but I, sometimes my prayer doesn't start exactly early. I just like to lay in bed, but nope, you need to get up. But sometimes in the middle of the night, he may be prompting us to pray about something you just don't know. I want to encourage you to respond to that because maybe there's something going on that he's wanting you to deal with in your neighborhood that you don't even know about. Maybe with somebody in your neighborhood, you have no idea. I mean, <coughs> excuse me. That I just, he's been doing that a lot with me lately. I've been waking up at, okay. Usually I wake up at 3 o'clock, and it's been 2 o'clock. So there's something to that. You know, if some of you are just getting to bed then, okay, I am just starting to wake up. And it is, it's the fourth watch. But there's something going on in the spirit. I think it's what's happening in our city. But again, people of God, which I believe that's what we are at Shekinah. We are a people of God that pray. We are people of God that pray, and I love this picture. Oh, sorry, that's not, I didn't move that one yet. Um, I have another picture I'll show you in a second. Um, I'll go to the next. People of God pray in Ephesians 1, uh, verse 18. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. Each of you, he's called you to something. And I know we talked about this earlier. He's called you to the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance and his holy people. And then you skip down to Ephesians 6, 18. And pray in the spirit on all occasions, not just some, on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep praying for all the Lord's people. Not just some, all the Lord's people. You know, we, um, we at God's, we as God's people at Shekinah are called to pray for all people. As the scripture says, we are to be on alert always. Keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We do not discriminate, only pray for a few, but for all God's people, even for those who we have disagreements with. Um, and I felt like, here's a prophetic picture. I felt this really struck my heart. Um, we are called also to come together alongside others and pray for them. And just like in this picture, this woman was praying for the girl, I think the girl in the middle. Sometimes it may be people you've had conflicts with or maybe somebody that, you know, you're close to, but then there's somebody else in the group you don't want to pray for. And I've been in groups where there's been that kind of division in prayer groups. I'm like, come on, you guys, grow up. We're not kindergartners. I mean, come on, we're God's people. And I've seen it happen in prayer groups. Or we've used prayer groups to gossip. And I think, and I'm not, this isn't necessarily for anybody here um, and physically, but I just want to encourage you about when we pray for people, what's the heart behind what we're praying for them for? Is it truly God's best? Are you praying for them, or is it some other reason? God has called you to pray for someone that perhaps maybe you've struggled with. He has done that with me sometimes. Sometimes that is exactly what you need for your breakthrough, um, for that person's breakthrough as well as yourself. God wants to see his body in unity. It truly does bring joy to his heart as we dwell together in unity, as it states in Psalm 133. I just thought that was a prophetic picture of our nation right now. 
um, I really, I get the sense that um, some heavy prayer, I mean, and this is for the church, you know, the church at times is, has missed it. And I think this is where people, I mean, as I, and I, I'm really to the point where I'm probably, um, I shared this on Facebook, people that are my friends on Facebook, I'm transitioning off of Facebook to some other social media by the end of the year. But I think what's interesting is, again, you know, going back to, well, who said this prophetic word? They said this and ready to jump on this person and that person. I'm like, you know something? You need to be praying for them. You need to be praying for them, not jumping on, well, this person said this or this person said that. Um, we stand together as one, and I think this is where um, where I pray about, because we're a border state, too, particularly, um, about things can slip through the cracks, so to speak. So I've been praying, and I know um, some other people I've talked to about this, about the importance of praying for our borders. I think particularly right now with this transition happening in our country right now and in our state, um, we're an international, in Michigan pr particularly, you know, we have the international border. Uh, but again, and I'm praying for Israel. I mean, thinking of all the things that we've done to support Israel and and I'm just I'm just praying for all people. I just think it's really particularly important right now because the United States is the leader of the free world. We really are, whether people want to say that, we, we, in my heart, that's what I believe. I think prophetically we are the, the leader of the free world. And when we're, we're in challenging times, it really makes people wondering what's going to happen. Um, so that's why our prayers are so important. I think if you're getting a prayer for somebody in another country that you don't even know, pray because you don't know what is going on. Um, I know we're connected to Africa and some of the other nations, and I've been praying a lot for Africa lately, and um, just a lot of things that have been, I've been seeing that have been happening over there. Um, just to please pray for the Christians over there. Um, there's there has been a lot going on. Um, okay. People of faith stand on God's promises. And I'm reminded of Hannah in 1 Samuel 1.20. So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. I'm reminded of Hannah when she kept praying to the Lord about a son. She was mocked and made fun of at the temple. They thought she was drunk. Um, she was not able to become pregnant, but the Lord took her in and then... Um, he answered her prayers. You know, she spoke with Eli, and he prophesied over her that her prayer would be granted. She never gave up. After she became pregnant and gave birth to the child Samuel, she dedicated him to the Lord, and he served the Lord the rest of his life. And I believe this, when I was studying this, Stephanie, this is a word I felt for you, and I shared it earlier, about things being birthed through you. This is what he was reminding me of yesterday, so just be encouraged. God hears your, your prayers, and, and I want to encourage you to stand on those promises. Write those words down. Um, God equips those he sends, but he's faithful, and he's there for each of us. He's an encourager. He's an equipper. He will. He is there for you, and know that no matter what, he is there for you, and he will be there, and he will always be there for He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Regardless of what's happening in the natural, just be encouraged. And I just feel like this is just for the next generation. This is for you. No matter what's happening in the natural, God has a plan or purpose for each of you. And this is for you, Jackie, and you, Camille. He has a, something specifically for each of you. And just be encouraged. He's going to be showing you. Um, just, just be encouraged. And it, life isn't always the way it is going to be the way it is now. 
just be encouraged. He has something for you, something that you have no idea about. Um, so in John 17, 15 to 18, people of faith stand on God's promises. Um, my prayer is not that you take them out of the world, and this is Jesus talking, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of it. Um, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. You know, this is when Jesus was praying for the disciples as he knew that they would need them. Um, they would need the prayer as they served the world after he was taken away. And Jesus spoke unto the life of the, the disciples to the Father that he would sanctify them by his truth, which was the word of God. This is everything you need for, your, for the questions you seek. This truth is truth. I don't care about what certain parents tell you. Okay, I'm going to go on a roll here because he got me fired up. No matter what the world says, this is truth. This is truth. No matter what your family says, no matter what your teacher says, no matter what your boss says, this is truth. And at the end of the day, if we don't have this, we don't have him. And I really, I feel this is so strong right now. And I'm feeling this because of my own family situation. Says, I stand on this. I know what he tells me to do, and I know what he tells me not to do. There have been times when I have not heard clearly and jumped on something, and I had to repent and go back, go back to the word. And I'm not saying like, like this in a, in a very legalistic way, but truly every answer to your question is here. How you lead your life is here. What choices to make are here. What strategy to take, what to do, what not to do. I think at the end of the day, again, this is where I mentioned earlier about prophecy. Sometimes people ask for prophetic word, but I'm not one that will just do that automatic. That's not how I'm wired. I don't feel, number one, it's not from the Lord for me just to do it off the cuff. Even to joke about it, I've had to repent because I know what we've talked about. I can't make jokes about it because it's serious. And, and that really is a bad witness for people because there are people that don't believe in prophecy. There are some churches I've been a part of, and I've had discussions with some people in my family about specific things. I think at the end of the day, though, this is our, our, this is our instructions. How do you lead your life? What you do? What you say? What direction to go? And I'm not going to say that I've done everything right. I've made mistakes. I've lived 57 years. Oh, that's, I'm telling my age up here. There are things I've done that if I would have known this better way back when, I wouldn't have made the choices I did. And, but at the end of the day, my heart is to help people so they don't make the mistakes that I did or that I can learn. I think it, sometimes we have to get out and spread our wings and go and try things, and I'm all for that. It's not me trying to control it all. I think at the end of the day, there's some things that we need to use wisdom about who, we, who we're in relationships with, um, the choices we make. Um, there, there are choices that we make that are life-changing choices that we can't go back and change. Um, and I've made some of those. I think at the end of the day, though, God does forgive us, and that is so... Uh, true. I mean, he always forgives us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. But at the end of the day, though, um, there can be life-changing circumstances about our choices. And I don't say this up here to, I don't mean to preach about it. I just think we're at crossroads in our country. There's some serious decisions that people, there's things that people are doing, things are being exposed, and they need to be exposed. They need to be exposed, and people need to repent. People need to repent of their choices that they've made. 
And I, I think at the end of the day, though, God is going to sh shift the people that need to be shifted and the ones that aren't. You know, there's just going to be consequences. And I think that's between them and the Lord. Um, but I think we need to make sure we're, number one, making sure we're pulling the log out of our own eye and not pointing the log at somebody else. I mean, I really, th I just want to strongly encourage you um, about which basically means, and that, that is a scripture, and of course I can't remember where it is, but it's basically pointing out somebody else's faults when you have those in yourself. So I, and it's basically judging them for things that you're being judged for. And again, remember what I talked about words. Our words can come back on us if we're not careful. And I'm saying as one that I've had to repent. I'm, and I'm not going to say it's easy. Okay, this, a Scottish redhead. <laughs> <laughs> I admit it. Yep, I've had my my challenges, and that's definitely my Um But think about how. Um, oh, can I get a Kleenex? I'm sorry. Can I get? They're right. They were right over there, Stephanie. I'm sorry. I don't. I uh, just. Um, thank you. Oh, thanks, Brent. Thank you. Yeah, this one. No, I'm good. Thank you. Um, oh. I think at the end of the day, though. Um, you know, I'm thinking, what would I have done if I would have been with Jesus and all of a sudden he's gone and you were with this person and then you thought he was, he was going to be the king and then he's gone. I'm thinking, what would I do? I'm thinking, how would I have reacted to that? And being a woman back in that time, I'd probably been one of them that would have gotten in trouble <laughs> and spoken up. But you know something? I can't, I think we're, in a, we're at a time in our country that, we can't sit on the sidelines anymore about things. Our freedoms are at stake. And I'm not going to say anything more than that. And if you want to know something personally, I'd be happy to share it. But I'm not going to say anything more because I think there are just serious things happening that we just need to be praying about in our country. Yes. Okay. All right. Giving thanks in all situations. All right, guys. We're closing down here. We're almost done. So in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, giving thanks in all circumstances, not some, but all, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And again, and in Daniel 6.10, um, and, and this is where um, their, an edict had gone out. So now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the window opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. And basically what the edict was, basically, that he, he couldn't pray. And if he did, he would be condemned. And he just did what he, he did as he did before. When Dan, Daniel, when he learned of the edict that he was not able to pray, or if he did, he would mean death, he gave thanks to his God just as he has done before. He did not let what the enemy was trying to do stop him from worshiping and thanking his God. I really got the sense when I was reading this this, um, this weekend, this reminds me really of what's going on in our country right now. We truly are. I mean, the church has been shut down, masked up. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I won't get into anything more, but let's just say, uh, all right, I'm just thinking about. <laughs> we can't sit on the sidelines. That's what I hear him saying. We have to speak up, and I'm not saying in evil and speaking out. Well, yeah, I guess I, I how do I want to say this? I want to make sure this is the Lord, not my flesh here. At the end of the day, that if if you are really, 
the church is either going to continue uh, down two paths, the ones that are going to stay open, the ones that are going to close. And I want to encourage you, you know, we're going to stay open. That's, we're going to stay open because we know that we're an essential service. And, and that's our heart here to serve our city and serve our state and serve our nation and serve the world. Um, and I think at the end of the day, though, there's some people that are really struggling with, with the closure. And I think that... Um, I lost my train of thought. I just think that Daniel is a prophetic sign of what m could happen if we don't pray. Because I think the decree and declaration, to me, I think of executive orders. That's exactly what I think. That's what I'm saying. That's why anytime an executive order comes down or a, per, or a health order comes down, I pray about it because they're coming out of the place that I um, get my gainful employment in. And so I pray about that because it sets an atmosphere over our region and state, and it's really caused a lot of things to happen, people's reactions. But I think at the end of the day, the decrees and declarations, I think we need to be praying about those and praying into those, again, for revelation and strategy for the church. Um, because I think if we don't, the church, um, we will, there will be consequences if we don't. And we can see what, what's happened in China. Um, the church is underground there. And I, I, my prayer is that that does not happen here, and my prayer is that that does not happen. But if we don't pray um, the opposite of some of the things that we're seeing, that could be a possibility. So I just, I, that's my heart. I just wanted to share it. I wasn't getting into all that stuff any, but I think at the end of the day, though, um, I want to encourage you, let our lives, and this is, this is really, I felt like a word for Shekinah, let our lives be full of both thanks and giving. I really love this quote. Let our lives be full of both thanks and giving. To be, again, I, uh, we are truly a people called to be thankful, but also people who give. The servant of all is one who puts the lives and needs of others first. Being a grateful servant who looks after the needs of others first is truly a person after God's heart. Um, I just love the being both thanks, giving thanks in all things, but the giving part. And that's that culture, Stephanie. And I just, um, again, I, I really think that that's what makes, makes us um, so unique and different and um, for that. And this is, I want to end with, with this uh, scripture here. People who are thankful, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And I think the last part's important. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. You know, the Holy Spirit wants, wants your heart. He wants you to seek him with your heart. Um, I'm thinking of the scripture of when, um, I'm drawing a blank on what it is, basically that, um, you know, when we're, when we're in heaven, all right, Stephanie, I'm not getting this right. Basically, you know, we can, we can pray with him every day, we can do works and do things, but did he really know you? 
yeah, I can't, yeah, get away from me. Because he never knew you, which meant we did not spend time with him for him to know us. You know, we can go through the works, we can do Bible studies, we can study the word every day, but did he really know your heart? Because he wants your heart. He doesn't want part of it, he wants all of it. And he's been doing heart surgery on me. Um, I just want to encourage you with that because um, he knows, even when you don't say anything, he knows what's going on. Um, but I think um, the church, to be truly the church of, um, of the United States of America, I just, I'm just really praying because it, um, are, there are just some serious things that we need to be making sure that we're praying, we're on the watch, we're on the wall, because they're just things that, um, because he wants, he has great plans for us, like the scripture says, to prosper us, not to harm us, plans to give us a hope and a future. But sometimes there's some, some people that don't believe in the church. They don't want us to speak out and, and, be in, and not do what they say. They want us to do as, do as I say, not as I do, thinking of, you know, some people that have been out running around and saying, you need to stay home, but then they're out doing what they want to. And I'm like, but why is that fair? Um, why? But it's, at the, at the end of the day, I just, I get the sense that, you know, God is giving us this opportunity for the United States to, to truly lead and be the nation that we've been called to. Are we going to live up to that call? Many a call and few are chosen. I feel like Shekinah is one of the chosen ones. We're the remnant, truly, that he talked about in the in the in Revelations. There is a remnant. Um, there is a remnant, and I think that at the end of the day, are we gonna? Um, are we just gonna read our Bibles and stick our heads in the sand? Or are we gonna get involved and say, "Hey, we can't. This isn't right. What do we do?" And I think we can be involved in different ways. There's different things that you can do. But I think, you know, again, um, being thankful, pray without ceasing, and rejoice. You know, those are keys. And I think, you know, for my message about thanking Jesus, you know, I started out in the beginning thanking him, but I, and I want to end thanking him for all that he has done for me personally, but for each of you, um, for you, because he has a specific plans and purposes for us for 2021 and beyond. And I think we're just... I think more and more as we pray into the, the strategies and things, he's going to show us more. But we are a people who are to be thankful, even in the little things. I'm thankful that I can walk today. I'm thankful that I could drive my vehicle today. I'm thankful that I have a home I live in. I, I'm thankful I have a job. I can pay my bills. I'm not homeless. But I think at the end of the day, I'm thankful that I have people in my life that, I, that can that speak into me and are honest with me when I mess up. Or can say, hey, thank you for that, because my heart is I want to support people and encourage and equip them. And I know I don't always do that, probably the way I should, but I think at the end of the day, that is my heart. Um, so, and I think as we wrap up here, I just want to bless each of you and just to speak a blessing and, and just thankfulness. We are... Um, we thank, and just like what the, what this, let me go back to that. I loved this right here. Let our lives be full of both thanks and giving. I feel like there's, that's Shakina Stephanie. Um, so I think I'm done.
for the day, for my message. But I just want to encourage you that um, there, I, there's going to be more that he's going to be doing. So just be encouraged and thankful. And, and I told Stephanie, I didn't necessarily have a specific activation plan. So I didn't know what, if you want to, do you want to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Thank you. You do? All right. Thank you. I didn't. Okay, can we just thank God for Laura real quick? Practice what she just taught us, amen? All right, I need a volunteer. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to have you pass out cards if that makes it easier. Yeah, anybody. Grab the, some of them cards and pens. Make sure everybody has one, okay? Thank you so much. Lele, you can help your mom. Or, okay, Carrington too, that's fine. Make sure everybody has a card and everybody has a pen. I absolutely love this uh, slide that she found. Let our lives be full of both thanks and giving. That's the first time I've seen that, but that is so, so good. I'm just feeling like, like, okay, Holy Spirit, what is our activation today? And I think that is our activation. Okay. I want you to just say, Holy Spirit, what can I give thanks for? Okay, and on one side of the card, I want you to write down as many things as Holy Spirit brings to your remembrance. Holy Spirit, what can I give thanks for right now in this season, today, in spite of all the other stuff going on? What can I give thanks for? There's no wrong answers. There's nothing too small. It could be people, it could be situations, it could be dreams, it could be vision, it could be future, it could be past, it could be present. It can be big, it could be relationships. It could be gifts, it could be circumstances. It could be a skill that you have. It could be something somebody said to you this week. Could be something you realized just recently, but you're really thankful for that. Could be a million things. Could be as simple as the air you're breathing, the fact that you're walking, you're not having to beg for your food. He says, We enter his courts with thanksgiving. Winter's gates with Thanksgiving, winter's courts with praise, excuse me. And sometimes if we're intentional about what reciting and remembering and partnering with Holy Spirit to find out what it is we're thankful for, we actually enter into his gates. When we enter into the gates of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, we enter into the gates of God, the gates of the throne room, our perspective begins to change. We begin to see things differently. Our perspective, his perspective becomes our perspective. His heart and emotions become our heart and emotions. His vision for our future becomes our vision for our future. The way that he sees other people becomes the way that we're able to begin to see other people. It's a beautiful thing. So Thanksgiving is key. This was such a good and timely message with Thanksgiving being... Uh, this past week. Thanksgiving is key. 
It literally positions us to participate in the divine nature. If you need more time, just kind of put your hand up. I love seeing you all furiously, right? That's good. That's good. Because the more thankful you are, the more you're being positioned, right? The more things he graces you to be thankful for, the more he's actually flowing to you and through you. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. We have so, so many things to be thankful for. And sometimes the more thankful we are, the more we're being repositioned from where we are to where it is he wants us to be, right? And that's a good, good thing. That's a glorious thing. That's a God thing. When we're full of thanksgiving, we're seated at the gates. We're entering in through the gates. Doors are open for us in a sense. It says we enter into his courts with praise. We talk, we use the gavel a lot here. Little Carrington was asking me about that earlier today. What is this, she said. I said, well, that's a gavel from the Supreme Court. Where did you get that? And I said, well, I paid a good $75 for that gavel down at the White House so that we could have something that signified the highest court in the land. And um, we have a higher court, and that's the court of heaven. And we enter into his courts with praise. Thanksgiving is the beginning. It gets us into the gate. It gets us into the place of heaven where our perspective begins to change to align with the perspective of participating in the divine nature of Christ in us, the hope of glory. But when we enter into the place of praise, I want you to turn your card over or if you have room on the same side. What can you praise him for? In those moments, we begin to come into the privilege and into the place of being able to rule and reign from the high courts of heaven with him. We enter into his courts with praise. We enter into his courts when we remember who God is. What can we praise him for? I recently heard a testimony from an individual at that retreat I was at. She had an encounter with two angels that came and visited her in her hospital room. She didn't realize they were angels until after they left. And she said, well, can you prophesy? And she said these two individuals that came to visit her just kept looking at each other really odd. And then they just started to release the names of God. Jehovah Jireh. That was their prophecy. Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Rapha. That was their prophecy, simply releasing the names of God. I just thought that was powerful. Because God created the world with his words, and when we just simply praise his name, who he is, it shifts things. And it says we enter into his courts with praise. We enter into his gates with thanksgiving, but we enter into his courts with praise. And literally, we can praise him for who he is. And in those moments, we're operating in the courts of heaven and bringing about a shift in the atmosphere. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Why thy name? He is the great I am. His name is love. His name, according to the... <laughs> testimony there 
is literally prophecy. It shifts, it changes things. He, in and of himself, is the only thing that is perfect, that is love, that is goodness, that is grace, that is all-powerful, that is untainted. So simply praising his name, releasing his name, is powerful. It's the purest pure, amen. And this third piece, thanksgiving. We should let our lives be full of both thanks and thanksgiving. I so love that. The last piece is this Holy Spirit. What do you want me to give? The scripture says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together and running over. And just like we learned from Joan Hunter, sometimes we need hope, so we need to give hope. So a seed of hope. Sometimes we need finances, so we need to sow a seed for finances. Sometimes we need friends, so we need to sow being a friend for someone else. Sometimes we need what? I don't know. I don't know what that is for you. But each seed produces after its own kind. And what she taught us this last week was that you can sow a financial seed or you can sow a seed with a specific goal attached to it, and it will multiply what you've sown it for. So I know Matt has a testimony about this. He's so funny. Come on. I know, I'm going to call you out. Get over here. Yeah, he never wants to talk. Too bad. I have a testimony about this. I had sown a seed specifically for a hidden treasure because I knew God wanted us to have land in Lansing, and within two weeks we got that $50,000 donation. Okay, and I don't do this, and Matt's story is even funnier because he doesn't do this either. Um, so at the Joanne Hunter conference, um, I'm really not a big person that believes in sowing. Um, it's just my personal interpretation and things like that. So I'm not big on sowing money because I believe you can sow in other ways as well and God will still prosper you. Um, but at the conference uh, on that last day on Sunday, the Lord, um, it was on my heart to give, um, to give at least $5.00 because that's the month I was born in, and that's my favorite number, so I was going to do that. And I opened up my wallet. I didn't think I had five. I thought I only had ten, so I was like, okay, well, I'll give ten instead of the five. And then I found the five, and the Lord was like, um, give 15 as a symbol of five and 15 for the month you were born in and the day you were born on. So I sold that seed, and two days later, I got... Um, a major full-time job offer in another city um, that was literally 3,500 times what I sold. So I just know that that was um, an exact um, result from doing that. And I'm usually not one that will talk about that stuff. So, um, But the Lord had put it on my heart to do that, and so I know it was a direct result of my obedience in doing that. Yeah, let's give him a hand for being brave to come up here. He doesn't like to do that. Woo! Yeah, so that was really cool. And what I loved about it is she tied scriptures to it. She said there are scriptures, right? So Jeremiah 29, 11. Maybe you sold $29.11, right? You need hope. You need vision for your future, right? I don't know what that is for you. What verse has God been laying on your heart? Um, I don't know why I'm here in Jeremiah 33.3, right, is another one. I don't know what that is for you. Um, but pray about that. Um, we don't do offerings here. We just, we just don't. Um, 
God tells you to give, give. Um, certainly, you can kind of read our little tithe thing there. We got all the different descriptions of what giving is for. There's tithes, there's gifts, there's offerings, there's first fruits, and all that. But with this giving piece and what we talked about at the dream team today, I just felt like that that was the second piece. What does God want you to give? And Matt is right. There are other ways to give. You can sow time, you can sow treasure, or you can sow talent. But um, there is something to be said um, for sowing treasure. Because oftentimes we're willing to give our time and our talent, but we're only really willing to give. You can show me someone's wallet, and I'll tell you what they worship. Okay? And I don't mean that to be funny. I'm serious. We will prioritize our lives around the things that we value. And I want to say this, there is no condemnation for, for those that are in a situation where they cannot tithe, okay? The tithe is for the widows and the orphans and the needy and the poor. So if we have individuals in our mix and you're in that situation where you're poor and you can't afford to do that, that's okay. There is no condemnation. That's what the tithe is for. It's to take care of you and to take care of you in a time of need. But the goal long-term is to get you to a place where you can become a giver too because it's more blessed to give than to receive. So as we help you get to the place where you can get your family in order and get your family taken care of, you know, there comes a time eventually where you're able to give for the next person, kind of like that mountain Laura, Laura had up there with the five people. We got you up to the top. Now it's your turn to help get somebody else up to the top. And we do believe the Lord's called us to get this building. So regarding giving, I just want you to ask the Lord, if you're willing to give something, um, anything toward that. Please pray about that. What kind of seed would the Lord have you sow? And that's both for those in the room and those in the podcast. Okay. And then I want you to take your card. You don't have to put your name on your card, but I want you to take your card and I want you to put it in the basket as a seed because thankfulness is a seed as well. We can sow a seed of thankfulness. We can sow a seed of praise and we can sow a financial seed. And God is so good and he is so faithful. He always, always, always multiplies. No matter what you sow, he always multiplies. So if you're sowing Thanksgiving today, you're going to reap Thanksgiving. If you're sowing hope, you're going to reap hope. If you're sowing finances or you're sowing a specific seed financially for a specific thing, just like Matt and I testified today, you will reap a harvest because God is always good and he is always faithful. And he will give you at least 30 and oftentimes 60. And most often, like Laura said, and like Pastor Maxie was preaching when I was in her service this morning, it so encouraged me, a hundredfold. She was talking about the verse where it says, if you leave lands and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers for my name's sake, will I not give you a hundredfold more as you serve me in my kingdom? And Laura today was talking about David being joyfully undignified. That is one of my absolutely favorite verses in the Bible. When you cannot outgive God with your time, treasure, or with your talent. And the more we serve him and the more we love him and the more we give him everything that we are, all the fullness of who we are, 
we get to the place where we do become joyfully undignified. And what David was doing in that moment, he was bringing the Ark of the Covenant out of Obed-Edom's house where it had been held captive. It had kind of stayed there for a minute. And they were bringing it into the city, the Jerusalem, into the new place that they built for the Lord. And he was so excited that the presence of the Lord was going to be with him, that he was in his undergarments dancing and singing and praising the Lord. And it says, Michaela stood atop her tower and judged him, looked down her nose at him. How dare he dance so undignified in the presence of the people of God? Shh, shh, shh. Right? That spirit of religion, we were talking about this in our dream team meeting. Sometimes you can feel the eyes on you. Like you know God's telling you to do something here, but you can feel the eyes looking at you, right? And it's in those moments we need to draw on the presence of the Lord and say, Ooh, Daddy, but I choose you. Amen. Lear, I'm going to ask you to come up and sing that song you were singing earlier today about trusting in Jesus, if you're willing to do that. And then whether... You have a Thanksgiving offering on your card or whether you want to give a financial gift, we're just going to invite you all to come up and drop those off. And then we're going to say, the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and lift up your countenance. And I just hear shalom, shalom, shalom. But we're going to close out with the song and we will see you next week. We want to remind you there is no throne room this Tuesday. So Brent's on break. For- Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled Listener Support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.